Hey, welcome to Evangel Church Online, a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, receive his love, and look more and more like him each day. And today, we're gonna begin a new series looking at how we carefully and responsibly manage this one life we've been entrusted with. Happy 2023 if you weren't with us online last week. Do you have any traditions that you enter the new year with? You know, maybe that is a new year's resolution or getting a brand new calendar and taking time to thoughtfully fill it in. What is that one thing that you do every new year? Well, I've shared before that my life kind of runs more on an academic calendar. Uh, schedule. It kind of starts um, with our kickoff usually at church in September and the summer is a bit more of our quiet time and so I usually buy an academic year planner because I am a planner person. But this year I had a conundrum. The planner that I have been using just is not working for me anymore and so I wanted to make the switch to a different planner, which meant I had to buy a traditional calendar year planner. Now this might not seem like a really big deal, but what you probably wouldn't know is that I sit down and my kitchen table gets filled with different books and pens and stickers and washi tape and my planner and it is a multi-day process for me to fill in this planner. I do kind of what would be a traditional New Year's resolution thing. I kind of think back on the, the year previous and what worked and what didn't work. I decide like who I want to be in 10 years and kind of look forward. Am I making uh, intentional steps towards being that person and what has to happen this year in order to be who I want to be in 10 years. And that's really a lot like what we do at New Year's. It's often an intentional time for us to pause and to reflect on what's been working, what hasn't been working, and to prayerfully consider who we have been created to be and what steps are going to get us there to becoming that same person. So today we're beginning a short series on stewardship. Now that's not really a word that we use anymore, so let me define it for you through the Merriam-Webster dictionary. Stewardship is the office duties and obligations of a steward or the conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. Now we have so many things that have been entrusted to us, but we have been entrusted first of all with our lives and then secondly with the people and the possessions that enter them. So what does it mean to steward them well? What does a life of intention, stewarding not out of a selfish ambition or self-preservation mindset, but with hands open in surrender, what does that actually look like for us? Well, there's this quote that I read just over the Christmas break that I've really been pondering. And it's this quote by Mary Oliver. Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? And it comes out of a poem that she wrote. 
And that quote has really stuck with me because we do just have this one wild and precious life. But can I just refocus it a little bit? Since we understand as followers of Jesus that we are not the authors of our own story, that we are just supporting characters in his story, let me reframe this quote just a little bit. Tell me, Lord, what is it that you plan to do with my one wild and precious life? Here's what I know for truth. You were created on purpose and with a purpose. And one of the greatest delights of every single one of our lives is to surrender to Jesus and allow him to direct us onto the path to find out just what that purpose is, to fully come alive as we step 100% into the person he designed us to be. So would you allow me to pray for us? And then we're going to kind of dive into this a little bit more. So God, I thank you so much for the beginning of a new year for the fresh start that it is. I thank you that old things have passed away and you've promised that in you all becomes new. And so as we hopefully and prayerfully look forward this year, would you remind us that we are not stuck in patterns of the past. We are not stuck in those habits and those tendencies and defaults but we can take in intentional steps forward to be the person you have designed us to be. So Holy Spirit, would you guide us in that process? Would you speak to us of who you made us to be? Would you speak to us of the purpose that is found in living a life surrendered to you? So as in all things, Holy Spirit, would you allow myself just to drift away? I want to follow you and we need to hear you in your precious name. Amen. Well, allow me to backtrack a moment to my planning day. I mentioned that I have like books out and pens out and stickers and all of the things out, but there's one book by Wayne Cadero that I bring out and I reflect on often. And it's a book called Leading on Empty. This was a book that was really meaningful for me in a particularly dark season of my life. And it's still one that I refer to kind of as a spiritual check-in um, with myself when I'm starting to feel a bit depleted. And one of the systems that Wayne recommends in this book is called a dial check or a periodic check-in of the things that matter most in our lives. And so together collectively, we're going to start walking through some dial checks. Well, when I read Wayne's words, this is the dial that I pictured in my mind, and you're going to see a picture of it come up on the screen right here. And Wayne didn't put a dial in his book, but this is the one that I visualize. But if I'm really honest, and I couldn't find one that shows exactly what I pictured, it would be this dial. But in this green part here on the bottom, that would remain white. And the middle part that we have is yellow, that would be green. That would be the ideal zone. And then the red can stay as it is. This is a dial that indicates the pressure that we're each living under. Now there's something really interesting about dials. At either end of the dial, whatever it's um, regulating is not working. At either end of the dial, there is unhealth. 
if according to this picture, the dial is in the green zone, whatever is meant to be operating isn't operating. It's stalled or it's completely turned off. It's not operating with enough force for anything to happen. But at the other end, on the red zone, whatever is operating is operating with too much pressure, too much force. It's about to explode. And so we're in this interesting moment where we need to figure out where we are on this dial. And right now in culture, I don't know if you've noticed it, but it seems like burnout is the greatest enemy of humanity. We have so many books and teachings urging us to get back to the safe zone, to move to the green zone on this dial or the white zone in my imaginary one. But we don't want to live there. We don't want to live in a place where nothing is happening, where we are stalled or shut off. We actually want to live in the yellow zone on the dial on the screen or the green zone on the dial in my mind. We want to live in this sweet spot of obedience and faithfulness. We want to live in the place where we are active in what God is doing through our lives. If we go back to creation in Genesis 2:15, we see God take Adam and it says in Genesis 2:15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Right back at the beginning of time, at the dawn of creation, as soon as God made humanity, God gave Adam a job. He called him to something. He gave him the agency to steward the Garden of Eden, to work hard and to care for it. And then just a chapter later at the fall of humanity, what does God say to Adam? He says, your job hasn't changed. It's just become harder. You still have this role to fulfill the purpose in my creation to steward it, to steward family, to steward the environment, to work the land. You are still called to work hard and to care for it. My design for you hasn't changed, but sin has now entered into that design and it's made everything more difficult. Everything that we have is entrusted to us to care for to, as that definition of stewardship, to carefully and responsibly manage. Our families, our friendships, our church family, our bank accounts, our vocation, our talents, our hobbies, our home, our neighborhoods, our environment, we have been strategically placed in each one to work hard and to care for them. And so we need to find this sweet spot on the dial where we can lean into what we are called to with faithfulness and obedience, without stalling out and without blowing up. So how do we do that? How do we lean into obedience and faithfulness? What does yes, Lord, look like this year? What does healthy stewardship actually mean? Well, we get a clue in one of the parables of Jesus in Matthew 25, 14 to 30. So why don't you pull out your Bible or pull out your phone and flip over to Matthew 25 with me. Now, if you don't have a Bible, you can get one at myevangel.church forward slash Bible. There's an amazing Bible app that you can download right onto your device. Or if you're in the Powell River area, 
we would love to get you a Bible. So just head on over to myevangel.church forward slash Bible, but all of these verses will also be on the screen today. Matthew 25 verses 14 to 30. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had, been, who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I both love this parable and I'm stretched by it. And I know that it's been used a million times before in stewardship talks, so bear with me. But let me leave you with three ideas that just really stood out as I was reading this. And this is gonna set the foundation for our stewardship series over the next coming weeks. The first idea is that God knows your capacity. Isn't that a freeing thought? God knows your capacity. He knows the stage of life that you're at right now. He knows that you have toddlers at home and you haven't slept for like three and a half years and you are just at the end of your rope. He knows that. He knows that, you know, as you've gotten older, it's just been harder and harder to drive at night, especially when that rain is falling and you want to be able to do things at the evening, but you just don't feel safe going out. He knows that. He knows that you love kids, but you just can't handle the chaos anymore. It just stirs up all sorts of anxiety within you. And as much as you would love to serve them, you just can't. He knows. He knows your capacity right now. Listen to this verse, verse 15. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. 
God knows your capacity and he calls you to his purpose for your life within it. The master didn't belittle anyone for their ability. He didn't give the person five bags and then give the other person two bags and be like, hey, you know what, when I come back, I hope you try harder so I can give you five bags next time and the one bag be like, hmm, here's my leftover bag of gold for you. He didn't belittle them for their ability. He disciplined the lack of faithfulness of what was given. And as our seasons change, so often the specifics of what God entrusts us to changes. Think back over your entire life. Think of all of the different seasons that you have encountered. Over this Christmas holiday with tod or toddlers, with teenagers in our house, it was a very, very, very different Christmas. Still so, so wonderful, but very different. And it actually reminded me a lot of when Lucas and I were first married and it brought back things I had forgotten, traditions and habits that we had when we were just the two of us. Our season changes and what we can do within that season also changes and that is okay but be faithful and obedient to what God calls you to do in this season. Be faithful and obedient in your current capacity. Just be faithful and obedient. Find that sweet spot on the dial. Maybe in a particularly challenging season, God will lower <laughs> that yellow piece on the dial. And then in a season of abundance, move it up. Don't belittle your season and don't compare it to someone else's, but also don't allow your season and your current capacity to be an excuse to disobedience. The master didn't belittle those who got less bags of gold, but he did discipline the lack of faithfulness with what they were given. And God is going to call you to exactly what he knows you can do in his strength and not in your own. He'll call each of us to operate according to our own ability right here, right now, in this present moment. So we don't belittle our abilities, but we do hold each other accountable to be faithful and obedient within them. The second thing is that our view of God drives our obedience. And we see this in verse 24 is the man who buries his bag of gold says to the master, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. What we believe about God matters. Our perception and our relationship with him matters. If we believe that God is a harsh taskmaster who just wants to use us up, who wants to leave us depleted, and it's all just for his kingdom's sake, but he doesn't actually care about how we're doing, then we're going to be really reluctant to say yes when he calls us to anything that looks like it might stretch us or be more than we feel like we can handle. But if we believe that God is a gracious father who knows everything about us, who designed us on purpose and with a purpose, 
if we believe that he has a beautiful future prepared for us and he knows what's needed to uncover the truth of who we are and the steps that are needed to bring us into the purpose he has mapped out for our life, then when we're called into yeses that seem like they're stretching or more than we can handle, though we may still have that moment of, God, I don't think you have the right person for this job, we can trust that he's leading us forward into a situation not for us to fail, but to refine us, to be more like who he created us to be and to step into beautiful purpose. It changes what we do when God asks us to moments of obedience. What we believe about God matters. It drives our obedience. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords is intimately aware of who you are. I love those verses in the Psalms that talks about how we are marvelously and wonderfully made knit together, but how every day of our lives was written down before even one came to pass. God knows exactly who we've been designed to be. And if we trust him, then we can trust that each obedience step is leading us right to who he designed us to be and right to the path that he had set before us before we even came to take our first breath. And if we operate in that mindset of a gracious father who has our best in store, that obedience is actually walking into the best for us, then we also have to look at the opposite. That opposition to him is actually an act of rebellion towards a good father. That disobedience is an act of rebellion, not just towards God, and it certainly is, but also an act of rebellion standing in the way of who we are designed to be. It's an act of rebellion to say, I don't want the best for me. I don't want to be who God designed me to be. No, I'm gonna stay right here. Thank you very much. If we believe God is a good and gracious father, then we can trust him with our yes. And we can trust him that he knows our capacity and in seasons that look even a little bit challenging and stretching, we can know that they're for our good because he has not set us up to fail, but he has set us up to rely on him and him alone. And we can trust that they'll be used for his kingdom's sake so that he receives all of the glory, but also trust he's refining us to be exactly who he created us to be and to find the purpose he laid out before us. Who we believe God is drives our obedience. So who do you say he is? Jesus asked his disciples that. Who do you say I am? That has to be our foundation because everything we do will either respond or retreat from who we believe God is. We'll respond or retreat. So who do you say that he is? Third, what we do with our lives matters. And I know that we say that we believe that, that what we do with our lives matters, but we often live opposite to that truth. We do what we want, when we want, if we want. And more often than not, our actions say that the only person that we're accountable to is ourselves. We have this belief, 
you do you, I'll do me. What you do doesn't affect me. What I do doesn't affect you, but that isn't true. What we do with our life matters, not just us, but to God and to the world around us. Tell me, Lord, what is it that you plan to do with my one wild and precious life? We are accountable to Jesus. He's coming back. And he's given us bags of gold according to our ability. Have we invested or squandered what he's given us? The gifts, the time, the relationships, the capacity, on and on it goes. Have we invested or squandered our bag of gold? Here's how the master responds to the servant. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. But whoever does not... Even what they have will be taken from them. What we do matters. Our fruitfulness matters. Our output, it matters. It's why we can't rest in the green zone on this dial. It's why we can't just stall out or be inactive. Each of our days holds purpose and we have a choice. Are we going to invest or bury what we've been given? In John 15, verses 1 to 4, we come to this passage where Jesus is talking about the vine and abiding in the vine. And here's what he says. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Our first priority in fruitfulness is to remain in Christ. And I feel that tension so often when I hit that red zone of feeling like I'm going to explode. It's not actually that I'm doing too much. It's not actually that I need to release the pressure. It's often a warning to me that I've decided that I can do it on my own. Thank you very much. It's that I've decided to be independent. I've decided that my strength is sufficient and my good ideas and my skill sets will see me through obedience. When I hit that red zone, often it's a reminder to me that I've drifted from my source of strength, that I've drifted from the prince of peace, that I've forgotten the one who multiplies loaves and fishes to feed thousands of people. And he multiplies my gifts too, to meet the demand upon me. And I don't really need to stop. I need to return to the one who's my source. I need to return to Jesus. Because at the end of my days, I will have to stand and give account for my one wild and precious life. The master's going to come back and he's going to ask what I did with his gold. What I do with it matters. Personally, I long to live in that sweet spot of obedience and faithfulness. I long for a life that is fruitful. I long for a life that matters. That when I stand before my king, who is the king of kings, I hear as those two servants did, well done, good and faithful servant. 
I don't want to do too much. I don't want to run faster than what God is asking me to do and allow my good ideas, but not my obedience to push me into the red zone. I don't want to do it all on my own strength and in my own ability and also in doing so push me into the red zone. But I also don't want to do too little. I don't want to bury the bag of gold that he's entrusted to me. I want to invest it. I want to find that sweet spot of obedience and faithfulness and fruitfulness. See, there's this beautiful Hebrew word that Beth Guckenberger shared with us at one um, conference that I was at. And Beth is a missionary author and speaker. And look her up because she is an incredible woman who just lives this faithful and obedient and fruitful life. But the word that she shared with us is this, hineni, hineni. And while it's translated closest in English to here I am, there's kind of a little bit more nuances. There often is with words and other languages and translating them to English. And the impression of the word is this, here I am, I'm listening, whatever it is, I'm already in agreement of it. It's kind of a scary word to use because you don't know what's going to come out of the other person's mouth, but hineni is, well, whatever you say, I'm already listening. I'm already here in this moment with you. I'm in agreement of it. And I think this is a perfect word as we look into this series of stewardship. We come before God with open hands. We come before him with our finances. Hineni. Here I am, God. I'm listening to what you would have me do with my finances. And whatever it is, I'm already in agreement of it. I'm going to walk in that path with faithfulness and obedience. We come before him with our families. Hineni, here I am, God. I'm listening to what you would have me do. And whatever it is, I'm already in agreement of it. We come before him with our calendars. Hineni, God, here I am. I'm listening to you and whatever it is, I'm already in agreement of it. Can you imagine with me what our world would look like if the people of God had this posture? If when handed a bag of gold, we looked for the places where we could invest it for the kingdom's sake because we were already in agreement. We had already postured ourselves in a posture of surrender, obedience, and faithfulness. At the end of my life, I want to stand before God with nothing reserved because I didn't bury any of the gold. I want to stand before him with faithfulness and obedience, with a life that bore fruit because I abided in him. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at different segments of our lives and and the agency that God's given us, just like he gave Adam agency to care for the earth, he gives us agency to steward our one wild and precious life and the people and possessions that enter it. And we're going to look at each bag of gold and take stock of where we are in that area. Are we failing to act? <laughs> Have we stalled out? Are we not moving? Well, then... Holy Spirit, would you show us where we need to add pressure, where we need to start to live intentionally, to take steps forward. 
or are we in the red zone? And then Holy Spirit, you need to show us why. Are there things that we picked up that you didn't ask us to do? Have we tried to do it in our own strength? We're gonna look at these bags of gold and take careful consideration on where we are right now, an active accountability together. And my prayer is that as we pause to seek Jesus and as we ask him to reveal to us kind of where we are on this dial and why, as we ask him to reveal to us the deep-seated beliefs that we have about who he is, as we ask him to guide us right now in this season, in our capacity, that we would do so with this spirit, he nani. God, here I am. I'm listening. And whatever you call me to do, I am already in agreement of it. Let's pray. So God, thank you so much that you are with us. The Holy Spirit, you see us. You know absolutely everything about us. And you don't belittle where we are right now. You just call us forward in it to steps of obedience and faithfulness that are not just for your kingdom's sake and your glory, but also allow us to be part of your story. What a beautiful gift you've bestowed upon us. Yeah, we thank you for everything that you have given us to steward well, our one wild and precious life and the people and possessions that come into it. Would you help us to take account of where we are for living lives of faithful, obedient, fruitfulness or not. And would you speak to us the truth of what we need to do to come back into that sweet spot of following close in step to you. We love you in your precious name. Amen. Well, thank you so much, friends. I have one announcement for you before we close, and that is if you are watching this video before January 15th, we want to invite you out to our nights of prayer. They're going to run January 15th, 16th, and 17th at 7 o'clock each night with a different focus each night where we just lean in in community to seek the face of God and ask him to put foundations down for this year. We believe here at Evangel that we start with amen surrounding all we do with prayer and we would love to have you out to that. So again, January 15th, 16th, and 17th, seven o'clock here at Evangel Church. You can find everything else that is happening at Evangel Church as well as ways to give at myevangel.com church and we would love to see you in person one day. Have a great week.